Hello and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. So we are gathering today on February 17th and astrologically there's a lot going on as we finish up the month of February. But today on February 17th, we have a big aspect. It's Saturn square Uranus. And I think we could spend just the whole time talking about these two because it's it's a signature for 2021, really, when we feel into Saturn. If we want to like oversimplify it, Saturn as the old and the structure and Uranus as the revolution and the new. I think there's many more, um, you know, little details we'll get into as far as, um, you know, what that means. But this is an aspect that we've been in and that will also continue over the year. So we have this first square, meaning we have Saturn in Aquarius making a 90 degree aspect to Uranus and Taurus. And so they've been at a square, but they're hitting exact square today. And this will happen again in June and then again in December. So it's something that happens three times throughout 2021. And it's definitely a signature of this old versus new and the change that Uranus is bringing and the change that the energy of Aquarius is bringing. Because although Saturn may be, you know, the old, he's in Aquarius right now too. And I think one of the beauties of the old is there are good, like there are things we want to take with us. We don't want to just throw out, you know, everything. It's taking the wisdom and taking the things that worked, but then also getting really real about what didn't work and what needs to go. And so Saturn himself is in a revolutionary sign which, you know, it's all about this revolution. So today we're in that, we're in that um, square. And so we'll probably talk a lot about this kind of dynamic between Saturn and Uranus and, you know, what it means in the day-to-day to move through this energy that we're going to be in for the next year. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we also uh, just had the Chinese New Year. And we're moving into the year of the metal ox, which really speaks to me of this balance of letting what does not work die, letting it go. Metal in Chinese medicine is um, autumn. It's endings. It's letting go as we also move into Pisces season here. (laughs) Um, And the ox is about the day to day. The ox is about simplifying and doing like the work, doing our work and um, feeling into this square. Squares are a stress point, right? And some of our stress, I know individually and collectively, 
comes from these like trying to constantly make things that don't really actually work mm-hmm. like, truly deeply deeply work um continue we keep pushing to try to force life into this box and be like well this is how we've decided it has to work so this is how we're gonna work and saturn is karma and uranus is like extraordinarily thought uranus is like i'm gonna spin through the solar system on my side while the rest of you are all upright (laughs) there's also uh the thing that comes for me is like this phone call between uranus and saturn um, and almost like Uranus being like, what are you doing hosting a party at my house? Because in modern astrology, Uranus is, his house is Aquarius. And Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. And he's been hosting this cosmic cocktail party that we've been playing with um, at Saturn's traditional home. And I, I just, I've got this image of this phone call, like Saturn, you know, Saturn picking up the phone and being like, hello. And Uranus being like, why are you hosting a party at my house? <laughs> like kind of that, like stress of what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like the, it, there's a feel for me of like the beginning of the unraveling, right? Cause when we move through these triple square periods, the first square is so much about seeing Mm -hmm. and identifying. So getting the phone call, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you, why is there a party going on at my house? Um, So, and then the second phone call, which comes in June is like the almost making a plan. Do we want to keep having a party at someone else's house? Do we want to keep shoving things into a box that doesn't belong in a box? It doesn't fit Um, because we can't, I know I certainly can't continue on with certain things in my world the way they've always been. Like that shedding and that unraveling and that like, oh, that doesn't work. The box has got to like put that down and stop carrying that so that we're carrying and we're working with and we're stepping with what we need to. Yeah. And that second square in June feels to me like blowing up the box. Mm-hmm. Like we're right now, we're seeing what does and doesn't work. We're getting the information, which we've get, been getting insights really since, you know, the start of 2021 of like, oh, these are some old things that aren't working. This is, I'm seeing things about myself. I'm seeing things that in my life. And so we're gathering the information. And so this first square in an even louder way, part of the way we can shift it too, is to like, just be like, maybe I just need to think about things in a totally new revolutionary way. Like this thing keeps coming up. Let me just totally think about it in a new light. Like I know that happened to me this morning. Like I was like, this thing keeps coming up. I was like, I'm going to totally think about it in a way that like, blows everything away and I felt it shift something in me so I feel like that's today of like okay seeing the pieces and then June is blowing up the box June is like you know especially with Uranus if we're you know if they're having their second phone call Uranus is like we're gonna just have a even bigger like cosmic like explosion thing like forget this little cocktail party like there's something bigger that you can't even imagine 
And then December, there's still piece, there will still be pieces to work through, right? Because just because we blow up the box doesn't mean like it's the end. That's actually like probably, you know, that like kind of intense, crazy middle piece. And then by December, there's like, okay, here are the pieces that we need to wrap up. And knowing that Saturn is in Aquarius for three years. So, you know, he is the, we were talking about the ox, like he is the like workhorse. He's like, okay, we're going to like get down and dirty and make this happen. We're going to like actually make it work. And so knowing that too, that you can kind of feel into like 2021 is a big year of blowing up the box of these changes, but it's going to take us three years to really refine and get um, kind of, you know, the end picture here to create the structure um because i love that alexis it's it's the blowing up the box is the middle part of the trilogy i'm going to reveal my age here so <laughs> empire strikes out empire strikes back comes out and it's when everything looks the darkest it's it's the two towers now i'm just gonna we're gonna go geek now <laughs> it's two towers it's the middle part of the trilogy right that middle square is the part where everything blows up and falls apart. And Saturn is here to help us do the work of creating something new and, and different. And Uranus is like our little, like, he's our muse. He wants to sing to us and dance with us and help us to find a new way for whatever Saturn is going to work with us on. Yeah. Doing the work, plodding through the fields. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that day to day, like I'm going to keep on this, this track, right? Because it's really easy. And especially when we're pushed and challenged to be like, eh, I just want to like exit. I'm just going to like exit off this, you know, route I'm on, but it's to stay the course, stay the course and not stay the course without flow, right? Like sometimes we need to go a little left and we need to go a little right and we need to change our plan, but it's staying on the course in some way. And that's the, you know, kind of that reminder because there's gonna be a lot of shifting and there's gonna be a lot of like questioning. There's gonna be a lot of uncertainties. And so that staying the course, um, right? With the ability to change, because that's why I'm not a fan of like, having one goal and it's like, well, then you're going to lose everything that actually you were supposed to do on the way. It wasn't even about that goal, but it is more about staying on a course and not being like, I just want to completely exit off this, like all together. I want to go back to the stars. Yeah. <laughs> and another piece that came up when you were talking, as you started talking about June, um, was eclipses. We're going to have two eclipses in end of May and June. So this is another like feeling into around that time, it's gonna be, right? We talked about that Saturn Uranus square, second square blowing up the box. We're also gonna have two eclipses that will really shake things up. Like eclipses are really potent times of the deep churning and the shakeups and the like just changing everything. Eclipses are crazy. And so they're going to be going on at the same time. So just feeling into that, you know, as we 
also focus on, okay, but we're here right now. We just got to like one step in, you know, front of the next, but also feeling into like, there is more coming, right? Like there is, and I think the more we can get grounded and the more we can get like really centered and really like just, you know, those day-to-day pieces, we'll be able to handle what comes in June. Yeah, it's that, um, that feeling into this is the way my life has always been. And does continuing down that road serve you that like end goal you talk about? Like, I just want to stay with this job until I get tick these boxes. And what you're doing is you're missing all of this life. You're missing what you could be exploring, what you could be having because you've looked, you're like, hello down there. (laughs) And you're looking so far that you're missing like right where you're at and all of these beautiful opportunities that could potentially get you to a higher, more creative end goal but you've only planted corn. Maybe you should diversify a little bit. <laughs> like maybe you really need to be like, am I willing to be temporarily uncomfortable for the possibility that if I go with what lights me up right now, rather than pushing what lights me up off and pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off, that I will somehow get to what lights me up if I like put in this time of suffering and plotting and um, being out of alignment, like being, trying to contort into the box. Yeah, and I think that that's something that we, I would say collectively do is like having our, you know, it's always like, what's the next thing? What's the, you know, there's some, you know, excitement, there is an excitement of looking forward to what can happen, but we miss, if we're too focused on that, we miss what's right here, what's right in front of us. And I think that's a reminder, like, you know, even as we're talking about, like, yes, there's this development that's going to be happening over the year, but let's come right back to right now. And it's just doing the work where we are right now, because there there's, there's a couple of pieces, but there's doing the work now will help so that what actually happens down the road, if we're using like say the June example, like that can really be a beautiful and expansive time. But if we're kind of just waiting for June, it's probably not gonna feel so good. It's probably gonna feel really, really <laughs> not great. And so there's that piece of like, you know, the work we can do now will help us so that it can be more expansive. And also, yeah, like we get to enjoy the little pieces along the way, cause that's all it is. Like, it's really not about, yeah, there, there will be beautiful things and there will be amazing things that happen, but it's really just about like the, the moments we have right now. And can you just be in, you know, joy and can you be in and even if it's not joyful things happening, like, can you be in just loving every moment? 
and not that like there are hard moments where like you know I'm the first to admit like I like to throw little temper tantrums here and there and you know I'm the first one to be like I want to exit but I can look I can like feel into like those are moments that are waking me up to something those are moments that yeah I don't like it when I'm in it but I can appreciate it and I can you know be fully here fully present and so I think that's you know, the reminder as we kind of talk about what's happening now and then we look at the bigger picture to just keep coming back to right now. And that idea of, you know, that ox just plugging through day to day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's beautiful, which uh, kind of it feels like it leads us into the sun moving into Pisces tomorrow. Yes. Um, Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. Um, from a body place, it's our feet on the ground, but it's also ruled by Neptune, who is king of the sea. It's it's dreams when it's <laughs> when it's lined up with soul. It's it's yeah. our dreams and it's being open to them. Um, and he's hanging out in his home sign. He's like got a fourteen year run here in Pisces. He's he's hunkered down. He's like home with his feet up. Yeah. Yeah. And Neptune and Pisces are, um, you know, that's that similar energy of Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. Like you mentioned, it's very, um, it represents the unconscious and the very intangible. It's a sign of the shaman. It's, um, like you said, the dream world and the, you know, all of those bits. And Neptune himself is a very dreamy and creative he can be also the you know the shadow side of neptune can be illusion and addiction and um kind of that putting a veil over things and, and numbing out but the beauty of of neptune is the the wisdom of like being able to touch into the unseen of being able to touch into creativity it's, it's huge creation um, and so those two are kind of like, if we're just giving some words to, as we move into Pisces season, what Pisces is, it's a water sign. And yeah, as it's the last sign in the Zodiac, you know, we've, there's all different um, calendars and things you can follow, right? There's the Chinese new year and there's our um, calendar year. And then you feel into the astrological year begins with Aries. So we're in the end of the astrological year, which is about endings and releasing and letting go and cleansing for preparing for it to be ready for Aries season, for the new, the new birth. And so I think this ties really well into also this time of, you know, if, we're, if we go back, so the cosmic cocktail party that we talked about, which was our last podcast you can go back if you haven't heard it is Aquarius season part two and we talk about basically there were six planets in Aquarius so there was this huge energy in Aquarius and we you know made this really cute um, <laughs> example of a cosmic cocktail party to represent all the different players that were involved but yeah now we're starting like they're starting to move out they're starting everyone's going home everyone's like dispersing and so the sun, you know, is one of them that moves out. The moon already moved out. The moon was only there for a short time, but the sun now is going to be moving out. And as we come down from that, we get a chance to kind of integrate, kind of reflect on, you know, what's happened over the last month because Aquarius season, which, um, you know, it's kind of like 
say mid January to mid February, there's a lot, there was a lot going on and it may not have felt it um, externally, may have felt it internally, or it may have been both. It may have felt like there's a lot of shifting and changing in both ways. Um, and so as we move into Pisces season, we get this chance to release and to also honor the endings of things. Like we're not really great. We're, we're really great at, okay, Aries season is coming. Great. The new, that's cool. I'm ready. But we really have to just stop, pause and like honor the endings, like honor. And if we're feeling into this, you know, astrological year, the past 12 months, like really honoring and reflecting on what has been beautiful, what needs to go, what is just, you know, not working. That may have really, it may even be longer than 12 months. It may be like things that throughout our life are really coming to um, our attention right now. And yeah, there's a piece in that of, of honoring the endings of um, being with that as we move into Pisces season. Mm, that's beautiful, Alexis. Yeah, we, um, <clears throat> we don't do well with endings. I think about American movies. We want hap we happy endings. I'm going to put that in air quotes for anyone who's listening rather than watching. We want happy endings. And our version of happy is very small. Because, you know, energetically, I'd like everybody to go look in a mirror and get really honest with yourself. How often have you spent so much time like focused on something your little ego wants that you don't see something really wonderful right in the now you you don't see a job offer you only see that it might not take you to what that thing is way out there you you don't see the opportunity to play with your child you don't see the opportunity to connect with a friend you you don't see what's immediately in front of you because you're so far focused and so there's death in that there's there's the like how do we stay right now and oftentimes when we come to endings we really desperately want to be like peace out I don't want to do this ending part because it's not how I put it together in my head or it doesn't it doesn't feel good to me in the very limited little spectrum of what I have an attachment to as good. Like, do I like it when I have my little breakdowns and cry on the floor or primal scream in the basement? Does it feel good? At the moment, no, I'm like primal screaming because I'm raging. <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor crying because something in me is hurting. It's the allowing that to move through so we can be moving with what is present. Yeah. Like and the anatomy and physiology geek in me just wants to remind everybody, it takes 90 to 120 seconds for an emotion to actively move through us if we just let it go. When we try to control it, if we attach stories to it, if like we're pulling from the past or we're projecting into the future, those emotions take much longer. Yeah. But if we can just be with the like primal scream, my trainer just broken, my bike fell off, my trainer, rawr. 
um, it's 90 seconds, 120 seconds, like move it out of your system and let that death happen. My trainer died this week. Um, <laughs> it's corpse is still in my basement. Because <laughs> death is a part of what we signed up for here. It's a part of that cycle. For those of us in female bodies, our cycle starts with an end. It starts with our menstruation, the shedding and the releasing, and that's where the cycle starts. Um, so this is beginning and ending, all held like in the same piece of like the same point, the same balance point. It's the beginning and it's the end. And that like is so much Pisces listening to you talk. I just got like all chills of like, oh, we get to do Pisces season now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a deep one. Pisces is, is deep. And as you were talking too, one of the things that was coming up was if we don't let these things move through us, they're going to come up in other ways and it's going to take way longer. It's going to be way, right? Like it, it's going to come up in this like little distorted ways and these little like, it's going to just poke you like all throughout the day, week, however long it takes, rather than just being in the moment. Because I'll, that happens to me where like, you know, you're in those situations and you're like, it's fine. Like I shouldn't like, you know, like I'll, I'll find myself for a minute being like, no, don't get upset or don't. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to get upset. And I'm going to get upset for those 90 seconds to, you know, however long it takes, like just up to a minute or two. And you let it move through you and that's it. And yeah, when you, you know, because there are some days where it feels like you're in it for longer and you're just feels like trudging through. And I find for me, often it's because there's, it's showing me something like old that I'm holding on to, mm -hmm. right? Like you were saying, you attach it to a story, you attach it to, I find I attach it to something that's like an old pattern, but I need to see it because if I'm holding on to it and it's, like I can, I get really good now of like, okay, I'm in this thing for like, this This feels like a long time. This, this really feels like I'm like trudging through some mud here. There's something off. And it's because I need to see that there's this old pattern, this old thing to shift. But there's a beauty in letting yourself feel the thing that's coming up because it goes much faster, right? Like I'm sure if yeah. you didn't primal scream, you would have been like, you know, pr probably still mad about it. <laughs> I would not be able to laugh about the fact that the corpse of my trainer is in my basement. And when I say trainer, I mean like my metal bike trainer. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it's, it's when we allow ourselves to go in, we can then, uh, when we allow that death to happen, that's when the joy of it comes. That's when we can laugh about something ridiculous that's when we can allow that energy to flourish and blossom into something fresh, which we'll get into with Aries season. <laughs> All right, we'll get it. So we have a whole month with Pisces season, right? So February 18th, um, basically through mid-March, we'll have um, Pisces season. And yeah. We get to be in this, like letting go of this, like almost um, the other thing about like shaman that is coming up. Um, shaman are those that stand between the worlds. 
right? I, I, you know, Neptune, he is the god of the sea, but he can also be on land. I think about like the fox, the fox is a border animal. The otter is a border animal. The shaman is someone who can be both in this very, very practical day-to-day, I've got to go deal with clients and then I've got to do this thing and I've got to take care of my kid. And we've got our day-to-day make the meals and we stand between this world of bringing in and listening and following. Like for me, you know, with all the years that I've been doing shamanic practice, the, the between the worlds is the being able to follow. Um, being able to dance with the energies and not spending so much time pushing. So we're back to that box. Like I spend so much less time trying to force anything into a box, whether it's forcing myself into a box or forcing my child into a box or forcing my pets into a box um, or my relationships or anything else. Like it's being able to dance So we're standing between and we're doing both the day-to-day and we're communing with like cosmic energy. We're we're aware of what's going on and we're weaving the two. Yeah, degree in art, focus in fiber. So I do a lot of weaving, a lot of knitting, a lot of crocheting of how this all goes together. It's the, it's the very consciously planting our seeds, whether those seeds are wildflowers or whether those seeds are vegetables or whether we're very consciously putting a beautiful perennial in the ground mm-hmm. and encouraging it to be what it's meant to be rather than what our little like sticky human idea is. Yeah. And I love that, like the being in between, it's almost like that bridge between, you know, the two worlds, the unseen and the seen and the practical and the, you know, the dreamy, because that is also feeling into Pisces. It's the dream world. So just really, you know, if you are somebody who dreams a lot, like just taking note of like, oh, what dreams are coming? I mean, this can be at any time, but especially when the sun is in Pisces, it's going to highlight this. And if you aren't somebody who dreams, maybe try a dream journal or maybe, you know, just start to get a little bit curious about that um, because that's going to be a period. And again, so the dates for Pisces season are February 18th through um, March 20th is when the sun moves into Aries. So we have that period. And yeah, so like some of those themes are, you know, getting curious around the unseen. What does that mean? What you know, is that meditation for you? Is that, um, what does that look like? Is that dreaming for you? Um, you know, maybe you come do a workshop with Amy and I, we have a retreat coming up. Maybe you come, we'll definitely be in the unseen, um, you know, playing in that playing in the unseen, because I think, um, there is so much excitement and, um, you know, possibility that comes that is hard for us to see because we're in, we live in a physical reality. We are in a, you know, yeah, you have to do the day-to-day things. You have to work. You have to, you know, do the things you do, take care of your family, but you can weave in the unseen in that. And, you know, it's just getting 
more comfortable with the unseen, however that comes to you. And so that can just be, you know, it, it can be simple too. It can be dreaming. It can be, um, you know, getting curious, just whatever it looks like, there's a real chance for that to be illuminated this next month. Yeah, it's getting out of, it's moving out of the logical and into those more watery realm of emotion, dream, energy, spirit. It's moving into things that have more fluidity than the very bullet pointy mental body and, and dancing and playing in that. Like we've got, we're in a world that we're surrounded right now by so much magic and so much awakening and so many bridges. <laughs> like there are so many bridges between this very practical and how do we bridge that into these higher places that we maybe that our heads wouldn't get us to our heads can't go there our yeah. emotions our hearts our deep like gut knowing our energy our spirits those things can get there and there is as real and as true as the very practical i have to go do the laundry now yes yeah and it's starting to believe and trusting that 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 those things are real right all of the things in the unseen are just as real as like you said doing the laundry um and another one that's coming in is mercury because mercury has been retrograde so we've had a period of time where where Mercury is about communication, we're coming out of, so we're at the end of Mercury retrograde. So it's been a period of reflecting and looking at our thoughts, looking at the way we think. And we've had this chance to kind of go inward with that. But on February 20th, so shortly, Mercury stations direct. So he will be moving um, direct or he will be having some forward motion. And that is a chance to He'll be retracing the steps basically. So when he goes retrograde, he kind of turns around, goes backwards over where he's been. So he's revisited, but now he's coming back over that like a third time. He's coming back over that track he's made, but he's doing it in forward motion. And so now we get a chance to see things in a different way. And so if we feel into this is happening in Pisces season, you know, maybe we get to see things in this totally different way that we didn't get to see before. Because um, if we feel into, you mentioned water, if we feel into as a water sign, the way I like to think about it is cancer is um, emotions. It's like the water we can see, right? It's like an ocean or a pond. And then we move to Scorpio and Scorpio is the depths, like the underworld. It's the water we can't see, but it's still this like, it's like the depths of the ocean. And then we get Pisces, which it's not even really like water in that sense. It's like fog. It's like this, right? Like it's this unconscious dreamy space. It's beyond just being able to see um, the water. And so there is an emotional component. There is an intuitive component. 
but it's it's a little less tangible. And for Mercury to be going direct in Pisces season is kind of an interesting um, dynamic to me of, okay, we get some forward motion, we get some clarity maybe as he, he's still gonna be in his shadow period. So he's still gonna be, like I said, retracing his steps, but we will get, cause he's an Aquarius, we will get also this dynamic with Pisces of looking at things from this like totally different, maybe a little bit unconscious, maybe a little dreamy um, space. Yeah, that's, that's super, super good. I've just been thinking about with the shadow side of Neptune being in Pisces and that he stays in a sign for 14 years, like how long we've been dealing with this delusion, this collective delusion, right? And Mercury shifting into this forward motion now in Pisces. I'm really curious um, to see like how that starts to shift or if it is going to clear up some of the fog and the delusion. You know, I know Pisces and Neptune, Neptune's staying at home in Pisces for a while yet. So it may be until he moves out of Pisces that we have clarity on like big umbrella facts and information. Mm -hmm. But this Pisces bringing this in during Pisces, Mercury bringing in like some forward motion and some clarity during Pisces season feels really good. Yeah, right. And he's kind of Mercury since he's still in Aquarius, right? And like we said, so he's in Aquarius. This is happening during Pisces season, but he's still like kind of in that space where that cosmic cocktail party was, right? He, he's kind of like going <laughs> over like, oh, what happened? He's kind of like the detective, like, huh, what, what happened over here? What happened over here? And he's still... He's in that Aquarius of, which is an air sign of the mental. So he gets this um, ability to see things in a new way. And yes, while we're going through this kind of integration and, you know, um, Pisces time, and then he moves into Pisces around March 15th. So he'll be in Aquarius for a bit as he kind of finishes up and moves through um, as he stations direct on the 20th. And yeah, I like that that idea of it's it's both. Like we get Mercury in an air sign, we get him kind of being that intellectual, um, you know. But it's the revolutionary intellectual, right? And he's kind of that detective right now, going, okay, we had this big Aquarius energy. We're starting to move out of it. People are starting to leave. I'm still I'm gonna stay behind and just kind of, you know. Um, collect some more information, kind of see what's going on. And then he'll be ready to move into Pisces around March 15th. Yeah. And let's hope everyone's Mercury in Aquarius can stay out of that shadowy side of Aquarius, that know-it-all side, and be more in a, like you said, detective, a more in a willingness for curiosity and exploration and gathering of things 
rather than a, like a Mercury who's like, well, I just know. So I'm just going to walk past you rather than engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, we have um, next the next aspect that we have. And again, there's always things happening in between, but just kind of things that we're highlighting and feeling. Um, a couple of days later, we have on February 24th, Mars trine Pluto. So this means they're making a 120 degree aspect. So you can kind of imagine like a triangle, kind of that piece of, you know, the two pieces there. But Mars is making an aspect to Pluto. And Mars is in the end degrees of Taurus. And Pluto is in the end degrees of Capricorn. Now, because Pluto moves so slow, he's going to be there for a few more years. And Mars moves faster. So Mars will be moving out of Taurus in March. But they're at this end degree of these Earth signs. And Mars brings a spark to things he aspects, he just brings a spark. It just brings kind of an ignition. It can be, you know, it can look a million different ways, but he brings some kind of like, kind of fire. Now he's in Taurus. So it's this, it's this more slow and steady kind of energy, but him and him and Pluto. So Mars and Pluto will be making this aspect. And Pluto is one that is about, he's about transformation. He's a very slow mover because he's so far out that he spends a lot of time in a sign, right? So he's gonna be in Capricorn, he's been there for a long time. He's gonna be there for a few more years, but he's doing this like deep excavation, like this deep work in Capricorn of, we had a big year of 2020 of kind of blowing up the box of this old structures and kind of shaking our foundations. And I think we all felt that in some way and I hope we all felt in a big way. Yeah. (laughs) And so, but he, but so most of the planets have moved out of Capricorn, which was a big 2020, you know, signature for feeling, okay, the signature for 2021 is kind of Aquarius and revolution. And the signature for 2020 was a lot happening in Capricorn and, and kind of rocking the foundations, but Pluto is still there. So we can't forget about Pluto (laughs) and Mars gets to spark him um, to spark this kind of energy that has, that we've been working at for years. Like it's been a long time. And last year, I think a lot of things came to the surface. So yeah, so just also, you know, if we're bringing in that curiosity, just kind of taking note of what's coming up around that time. Um, Cause I think there will definitely be some old and they feel really deep. They feel, these feel like, like the really, really deep um, things that maybe we need to look at and feel, and they will come, they will come up in some way. We just have to have the, you know, be open to seeing them and and working with um, any of the things that come up for us around that time. Absolutely, Alexis. Uh, I love that you brought in that they were earth signs because that's like a big part of the feel on it for me is almost the excavation of our blindness to how we deal with our practical earthy day-to-day functioning how what is where is our can mars spark and bring some of his like illuminating fire and some of his action to pluto's transformational energy of can we consume differently can we 
can we be in our day-to-day by doing things differently, consuming with less blindness, um, transforming how we consume uh, Aquarian energy is so communal based, you know, is there going to be a pooling of resources with how much our economy has changed and continuing to change it, especially here in the US, but absolutely globally. Um, so there's just this, this feeling almost of them holding, you know, until the, until the moon flies by, <laughs> she's gonna because she's gonna fly right past mars here at some point they're they're almost this framework that's holding the major planets and the planetoid the two planetoids and like just being like hey we just want to like remind you that your soul signed up for this human experience this very practical earthy experience um so and i'm not i'm I'm in an aries sun so mars is one of my guys (laughs) yeah yeah and mars i was just looking back because i know when mars has recently as he's changed signs it's been pretty um significant so if we look to when mars entered taurus that was january 6th and i believe that was the day was that the day that Lisa, was the day. that um yeah addition happened right yeah. <laughs> and you know there was that storming of the capital and the craziness that ensued like the day mars moved into taurus so january 6th so we feel into that like he's now at the end degree of taurus so i feel like there may be some um theme coming up around that and it may not be like that, but just right. Like big things are happening when he's moving into a sign. And so feeling into he's at the end now. So there's kind of this like reflection part, but he's making an aspect to Pluto. So this feels really big. It feels like um, there's going to be something unfolding there as he moves into before he moves into Gemini and Gemini is a very fast moving air sign. So there, it feels like there's some, there's some wrapping up pieces to do with Taurus. Like he's not done yet. He's still, he's still going to be in Taurus through the end of February. He doesn't move into Gemini until March 3rd. And at this point on this February 24th, when he makes an aspect to Pluto and just, you know, reflecting on that of when he moved into Taurus, was, and I know it wasn't just in the US, if you look um, in other parts of the world, there are other protests and other things happening around that time and on that date, you know, and so that was just a very loud one that was like, oh, Mars literally moved into Taurus, which is a sign of it's the earth, it's the practical, it's the reality we can see, it's like this world, and that happened. Um, So yeah. (laughs) It's completely a thing, and Um, with Venus shifting signs, she and Mars are going to be squaring up also. So there's going to be that like Venus and Mars are the cosmic lovers. So I'm wondering like, there's, is there going to be that like energy of cosmic level lovers quarrel before there's like almost, it's got to be around this trine. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. So the Venus squaring Mars is before that it's right before that so it's february 19th 
<laughs> so yeah. So that, so Venus and Mars will square and yes, Venus will be still an Aquarius because she's going to be moving out very shortly, but she will be squaring Mars and Taurus. So yeah, that happens first. Mm -hmm. We feel into the feminine and the masculine um, energies kind of squaring off and there's, a, there can be a tension point there, but there can be, um, yeah, that dynamic of that happening. And that happens right before Pluto, uh, Mars. Mars trying Pluto. So yeah, that happens before it. And then Venus the next day after the, the Mars trying Pluto is when Venus moves into Pisces. So on February 25th. So she stays in Aquarius for all for the, like, she's also at the end of Aquarius. So she's staying in Aquarius. Um, she hasn't left the cosmic cocktail party quite yet. She, <laughs> is in Aquarius yeah when she squares off of Mar when she makes a square to Mars first on the 19th then she still sticks around in Aquarius to kind of watch this Mars trining Pluto and then she dips into Pisces and she's like I'm gonna go take a bath in Pisces um <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna go take a bath that's so Venus it is she's like I'll stick around in Aquarius for all of this stuff like I will yeah I will you know make my square to Mars because they are, they're consorts. They're like, you she's going to call and be like, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. But there may be, there may be a little bit of an argument, a little bit of a, like, I'm just feeling into like relationships that day on February 19th. Like just be, you know, just be aware. There may be a little tension, right? Like I can picture them like, you know, kind of just having their little, little argument um and that I saw that you were hanging out with Jupiter in close proximity <laughs> on the 11th <laughs> yeah because Venus is also very she is she may have like a concert but she has many lovers so she you know she just likes to she just likes to be and she just likes to explore and she likes to have the good food and the good wine but that's why she's like then I need to go take a bath I'm gonna go in Pisces for a little bit and just go kind of you know she wants to be in that dreamy I'm just gonna like lounge in the bathtub and allow myself to be held mm -hmm. by the water yeah. and allow it to move over me and cleanse and shift and the way that when you can be held that safely you can move back into that dreaming space that liminal space so we're gonna you know I'm gonna bring this all back to the dreaming I'm bringing it all back to the Pisces dreaming and I love that because Venus is exalted in Pisces meaning she it's not necessarily her home sign but she feels really like she likes to visit Pisces. Aquarius, not so much. Like she's she's doing it. She's like, yeah, I, I'm at the party. She's got my green silk dress on and she is rocking it. She's totally rocking it. But when she moves into Pisces, that's why she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll stick around. I'll stay here for like, I'll be there talking to Mars. I'll, I'll witness. But then I need to move into Pisces and take a bath and like just be in that. She, she likes being in Pisces. She likes being in that dream world. And so feeling into that too, just like for ourselves, knowing that like, okay, things might, there might be some things coming up here, like Mercury's going direct. We got Mars and Pluto doing some things. There's, there's some tense moments. There's some things coming to the surface, 
But as we move into Pisces season, as Venus reminds us, like, oh, take a bath, <laughs> that we have, we have that also to kind of balance out. And Venus is very much about balance and, and harmonizing. And so it feels like everything that we're moving through as we move through the end of February, there's also this quality of Venus getting to, she, she really loves, she loves being in Pisces. Like I can just feel like my body's like, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, like take a deep breath. Like Venus and Pisces feels really good and yummy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that deep feminine essence that we all carry regardless of our body gender. Um, that deep feminine energy of just wanting to just soften and be and, and not to have to push or manage or do anything. Yes, that's so like we're talking about Venus and Pisces and I'm just like oh yeah let's go do that yeah yeah because whether or not we you know know and I'm sure many of us do I think for those who are listening are probably people who are you know doing the work and and kind of curious about the things coming up in their lives that Aquarius season there was a lot going on there was a lot coming to the surface there was a lot of the old stuff coming up like oh yeah this doesn't work we need to kind of look at this. And so this, you know, moving as things move out of Aquarius, also knowing that there's an unfolding that's happening. We mentioned the new moon was on February 11th. Like there's an unfolding that will happen in the summer with all of these things. Um, but as Venus, as Venus is one that moves out, yes, it feels like there is this integration of the things that have happened over the last month. Um, and just, yeah, like that, like self-love, just being in it, just, um, allowing yourself to also take a break. We're not really great. I would say collectively at, um, taking breaks and, and, you know, not looking at it as like, oh, this is lazy or this is unproductive, really allowing yourself to take a break because whether you know it or not, this past month has been intense. It may not have felt it. And I think for a lot of people, like I said, it probably did. <laughs> but even for those who didn't feel it intensely, like unconsciously, like there's a lot of shifting happening. So being able to go into this um, Pisces space of the dreaming and the kind of softening of, and not to say there aren't, because, you know, there are other things that can come up in the unconscious that aren't all about, you know, taking a bath and loving and, and being, you know, all <laughs> yummy, <laughs> but it's this integration time, however that looks. And yeah, so that Venus piece, Venus moving into Pisces. Um, yeah. I'm just really loving that, that feel. Uh, um, just Alexis, the thing that you said about people maybe not noticing how intense things have been. I just want to bring in, if you've been feeling restless, if you've been feeling bored, mm -hmm. if like those are things that can indicate that there's something going on that you're maybe pushing away. Yep. That you're not seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, because the markers. Once you step into, if you're eating too much, if you're drinking too much, if you suddenly are binge watching like too much. Um, you're skating around feeling how big things are. Um, 
So yeah, this is, we're touching on collective energy. Like if anybody wants to touch on personal one-on-one -on -one energy, contact either of us. We, we do individual sessions. This is where we touch on how the collective energy is pushing at us. And there are times that we're going to say this energy is super intense and it's kind of rocking everyone in some way, shape, manner, or form. And it may be rocking you. And, and you're like, I just feel bored. Because yeah. it's easier to feel bored. It's easier to feel restless. It's easier to feel like than it is to feel the whole spectrum of it. Of, of being rocked. I love that. Yeah, that's a very um, beautiful way to bring it in of like, if you're feeling these things, like you're feeling it. <laughs> you're feeling it. <laughs> yeah. You could be listening to being like, oh, I, I was super bored this month. I didn't feel a thing. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You just, you, you didn't bring it and embody it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we get the full moon. So just feeling into, as we were talking about, um, this, yeah, the new moon. So I know it feels like, like, I feel like so much has happened, like from this cosmic cocktail party, which, you know, I really love that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Um, where we talk about this new moon on February 11th. Like, I feel like just so much has happened mm -hmm. because we haven't even hit the full moon, which is only two weeks later. I know. So we get a full moon in Virgo on February 27th. And so if we feel into the smaller cycle of the moon, we have a new moon, it begins to wax and grow and we get a full moon about two weeks later. So on February 27th, we'll have this full moon. So you'll be able to feel into things that were coming up around the 11th, intentions that were set, things that were kind of like the seeds planted, we'll get a little mini picture of this energy of this full moon of this what is there what more is there right a little bit more information a little bit um clearer picture but it's this it's it's small it's very small it's a small cycle because when we feel into the bigger cycle which i mentioned we get a full moon in the same sign. So we get a full moon in Aquarius because it was Aquarius new moon on the 11th. We get an Aquarius full moon in the summer. So that's really the big um, cycle. And I'm, I'm just kind of feeling back into a couple of things we talked about at the start of today. We talked about that second Saturn Uranus square in June. We talked about the eclipses and the Aquarius full moons will come a little later in the summer, but the, the summer feels like a very, um, I don't even know the word for it. There's just a, <laughs> there's some big, like breaking the box, some big like insights, just, I, I probably can't even put words to it because it doesn't even. Um, it's not here yet. Yeah, it's not like, here yet, but I can feel, feel the bigness. I can feel yeah. the bigness of it. And so if we kind of like bring ourselves back now, just wanted to like touch on that. But if we bring ourselves back now to the smaller cycle of this full moon in Virgo. So we had new moon to full moon and we get a full moon in Virgo on February 27th. We'll start to see, we'll start to see little pieces. We'll start to see the little insights. We'll start to um, see a little bit more of the fuller picture. Although it's just like a tiny, tiny bit. 
um, this full moon is at eight degrees. If you're familiar with your chart, you can look at eight degrees of Virgo just to see what's going on there for you. It's an earth sign. Virgo is also the sign of the priestess. It's to me a sign about bringing things in to reality. And if we feel into the sun is in Pisces, right? With a full moon, it's gonna be opposite. So the sun is opposite um, the moon. There is this like shamanic priestess bringing things from the unseen in. And it just feels very um, magical. And there's potential to really see things in a big way. We're gonna be in Pisces season. The sun will be in Pisces as we get this illumination of this full moon in Virgo. Feels like this like shamanic priestess, like I can feel it. Like it's this like dynamic of the shaman and the priestess, the shaman in Pisces, the priestess in Virgo, like doing this full moon thing. Um, and so I'm very excited. I don't know, that's, that's coming at the end of the month. And I think it's just a chance for us to, yeah, like bring some of those things into reality, to ground it. Like you had said before, if you, you can feel these things, but if you're not bringing it to the surface or you're not embodying it, we're just going to keep on not keep knowing. <laughs> so it feels like this chance to really get to see and bring, th bring things in mm -hmm. and embody them. I love like that feels so clean and it feels so magical from a very, um, almost more practical standpoint, we get a full moon because the full moon is reflecting back, right? She's, she's reflecting back to the, the, the sun's light and Virgo when Virgo is messy. Virgo is a control freak. Virgo is a perfectionist. Um, so if we see ourselves starting to go sideways into that control freak and that perfectionist place, um, that's that Virgo, like I have to control everything around me rather than like really bringing it in and controlling the only thing we can control. Um, and there's also like so much is around the sun for this full moon. There's this kind of almost like this reflection of the moon is standing like, alone in her priestess reflecting back like there's there's so much going on in Pisces and there's so much going on in Aquarius with like how everyone is gathered she's like almost reviewing the cocktail party that she just left right yeah this is true right because if we bring it to she was at this cocktail party in Aquarius she's made her way around now to the other side of the zodiac in Virgo and so she really gets, yeah, probably the, the most um, what bird's eye view yeah. perspective from the other planets. She's, you know, on the other side of the Zodiac and she's also making an aspect to Uranus. So she's making a trine. So we talk again about that 120 degree angle. Um, the moon is trining Uranus and Uranus is that revolutionary energy. So it, right, it, it all ties in. She's connected to him as well while she's getting to look at this um, picture 
of what has happened since the cosmic cocktail party, what has happened since this new moon in Aquarius. And Uranus gets to, and a trine is a harmonious aspect. So a trine is they're working together. So the moon and Uranus are working together and they're, and not to say that, you know, we talked about a trine before, not to say that there can't be, um, you know, other things that come up, but basically they're, they're kind of working together. And so the moon now gets to really illuminate some pieces of this revolution that we're in. Like we're in, we're just in the beginning. Like it's, it's February, 2021. Like we're just at the very beginning. Of it. Start. We're just like, we're just popping out barely. Yeah, literally like the, the party just happened. Like we're just at the very beginning and there feels like this aspect with Uranus and the moon that we really get to um, see, right? Because full moons bring illuminations often and, and understanding. We get to see what has been going on, what, what this really start to 2021 and as we've moved into, um, you know, Aquarius season, what this beginning of 2021 has really um, brought us so far, because so much has happened, like already. And I think that's this really beautiful space of this full moon of getting to see it all in a bigger way. And again, seeing it all in a bigger way, but it's only like a fraction of the whole picture. But still, you can kind of feel into that dynamic of this illumination um, even though it's just the beginning. And that, like that Uranus and the moon are both in earth signs and bringing that revolutionary high, like having the priestess bring in the shamanic energy and reflect the shamanic energy from Pisces with this, like this flavor of the revolutionary, how do we bring in the sacred? how do we move from a place of really honoring ourselves and our inner journeys and the earth that we live on? Like, let's have this be an opportunity to really have it shown to us through the beauty of like this Virgo full moon, how we can, how we can move forward as medicine men and women like how we can bring in that shamanic energy to be here in this like very physical plane. It's a really revolutionary thing. Yeah. We've been living in this world and as, you know, for all of the debate as to whether or not we're in the age of Pisces or the age of Aquarius and where that stops and starts, the age of Pisces was really about like, how do we skate out of the body? How do we move out and ascend to enlightenment? How are we going to meditate ourselves out of this earth plane? And this just feels like such an invitation to divinize and make holy, to make sacred doing the laundry. I do a lot of laundry. I got a kid. <laughs> to really bring in our gratitude. Like I have running water so I can do dishes very easily. I can, you know, do my laundry very easily. And 
to allow the sacredness of what is in our reality to really permeate us. Yeah, and to bring it in, like one of the things that was just coming up was like in our homes, to bring in things that remind us of the things that light us up. And whether that is, you know, um, if it's a spiritual component or it's just passions of ours or art or, you know, bringing things in that are tangible and being able to, to ground our experiences. And there's something about having things that can remind us of it. So maybe it's a picture of something that reminds you of something, or maybe it's you write yourself a little note and you stick it on the fridge and you see it every morning and maybe you need to change it up. Cause I know for me, I can have a little note there. And then it's like the first, you know, week it's like, oh yeah, then I have to change it up. But it's having these little reminders and little ways that we can ground in our experiences or these thoughts we have, or these insights we have, um, you know, whether it's talking to a friend or when information comes, it's like, okay, let's bring it in in a tangible way. And maybe having things, you know, and it can be as simple as, um, I have a new candle that I'm really excited about. It's like this goddess candle and I've been lighting it every night and it does something for me to have this new thing, but it's very tangible. It's this little ritual of lighting this candle every night. It connects me into something greater and just feeling what that is for you. Feeling, you know, what are these tangible pieces that we can bring into our lives? Maybe it's putting a magnet on your, if you're doing a lot of laundry, like put a magnet on your <laughs> washer and dryer or something like, but these ways to bring in kind of reminders that yes, we are living, you know, in the physical and we are living these, you know, mundane lives where we have to do mundane things, but we also are magical and spiritual and we're both. And that's the beauty of where we're at is that we get to do both. Like we get to, you know, be a badass priestess doing laundry. <laughs> like we get to out of my, out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just that piece of just reminders, you know, little, just little tangible things that remind you, oh yeah, you know, this is something that lights me up. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of, the, it was my birthday recently. So I got a lot of nice little gifts and little like trinkets that some friends and people have given me, but like you wouldn't, like, it just makes such a huge difference to have these little reminders, um, of things that connect you into more than just your day to day and switching things up in your house, like really can, um, can do a lot. Yeah, it really, really can. And Yes, there's just an invitation as we move toward this full moon. I've been, I've been, I've been loving seeing the moon rising in the west, and yeah. every every night she's higher and higher in the sky, and the the blues are so beautiful right now, and the sky is so clear. How do we move into this priestess energy she's going to be bringing us for the full moon? And yeah, it seems like that's a theme, huh? <laughs> yes, this union with the shaman. And the revolutionary aspect that Uranus is going to bring in, like, it just feels so good because yes, we planted all these seeds with this new moon, the Aquarian new moon, and now they need time to mature. 
and everything we planted at the Virgo new moon six months ago mm -hmm. is now coming forth. Yeah. Cause that's huge. So yeah, if you feel into we cycle, we're living, living is cycling. <clears throat> if yeah. we are all in, everything is a cycle. Our bodies move in monthly cycles. We move in yearly, daily, weekly, seasonal. Like we're, if you're in life, you're cycling. I love that. And I'm glad you brought in the new moon in Virgo too, because the date um, for that new moon in Virgo was September 17th. Mm -hmm. So if you feel into the seeds that were planted, and I personally, I love to keep a journal for the new and the full moons because it blows my mind every single time I go back and read what I wrote. And actually this, I started to, I, sometimes I'll wait till it's closer, but I kind of was curious. So I peeked about what was happening um, around the new moon in Virgo blows my mind. And then this time I even look back to the um, new moon in Virgo, like two cycles ago, literally it blows my mind. But if you just feel into um, that, what was going on around September 17th and the, the seeds that were planted, yeah, just taking note. I'm glad you brought that in because it is cycles. And we talked about the bigger cycles of when we have a new moon in a sign. So we had a new moon in Virgo, September 17th, we get a full moon in that same sign about six months later. And so, yeah, I love that piece because we can feel into the cycles of, we talked about the bigger cycle of the astrological year of Pisces into Aries. That's right, the ending of Pisces and the beginning of Aries. And then also if we're, you know, ending this feels like that's, this is the last kind of big thing we'll talk about is this full moon in Virgo. I think this is a good one to end on, brings us right through the end of February. Um, that yeah, the moon is always in cycles. And so that's, that's why I love the moon so much. I follow the moon. I keep, you know, my journal with the moon because you can follow her smaller cycles of the 28 day cycle, right? Because if we go new moon to new moon, that's, you know, the full 28 days, but then there's the bigger cycles. There's a six months to a year cycle. And this is the, the time we have with this full moon in Virgo, reflect what was happening in September. And also how can you bring, how can you bring it in? How can you, that's the priestess, she brings things from the unseen in. And so what does that look like for you? And how can you do that? And just listening too, with full moons, we get to just listen and like, oh, oh, this is, this is what happens. This is what I get to see. Um, so yeah, again, that happens on February 27th. We get this gorgeous full moon in Virgo. Yay. I love this. Um, as usual, this was so spectacular. I'm just going to drop one final last thing in. And that is because with our moon priestess and our sun shaman, um, happening at the end of the month, we have an online retreat that's happening. And if you sign up and register, prior to March 1st, you get a bonus workshop with us. Um, and so since we are going to be working in those unseen realms, we're gonna be priestessing, we're gonna be acting as shaman um, for this big deep dive retreat that is um, fear and surrender and, and the reclamation and the growth that happens afterwards, the spring that comes. Um, we just, I just wanted to drop in an invitation 
to say, come and check out um, our online awakening retreat. It is a big, huge connection into soul. If you sign up before March 1st, you get um, a bonus workshop with us. Yes. Yeah. And it happens around the spring equinox. I think the first retreat is is on the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. So yes, this is huge reclaiming and ability to step forward into the new. And it's going to be, yeah, it's a three-part online retreat over three weekends. So if you want to know more, we'll drop, we'll put the, the website in the show note links, but yeah, join us. It's going to be really amazing. And I think the timing of it, um, is just so perfect with that spring equinox and that kind of in between, right. As we move from one space to the other. So yeah, thank you for bringing that in. Perfect. All right. Till next time. We would like to thank you so much for joining us today as we explored, as we meandered and as we laughed together. If you feel the call to work with either of us, you can contact Alexis at alexisbolvin.com or myself at aebodyalchemy.com. And if you'd like to work with both of us together, we have an online retreat coming up in the spring, so late March into April. And this is when Venus disappears from the sky and she journeys to the underworld. So we'll be working with this archetypal myth of the descent. It's a three-part retreat and we will join weekly for three weekends. There is also Sensual Sisterhood, which is our monthly women's circle. There will be weekly supportive practices you'll get. And once a month we have a live gathering. And these gatherings are such beautiful spaces with such amazing women. We would love to have you join us. You can find information on both of these on the website that we will include in the show notes. Beautiful, fabulous. So keep yourself grounded, breathe, stay in your heart, and we look forward to our next journey.